0: 1 Thessalonians chapter number 5. And I am so thankful that God has got us here today because it says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. Everybody's been wondering, I want to know the will of God. Well, it says, Give thanks in all circumstances. This is the will of God. So now that we know what God's will is, we can hear from God this morning. Okay, we're going to launch a new series called T31. And it is going to be about us going flat out, over the edge, above and beyond, thankful for God and who he is and what he's done in our lives, amen? And so today, we're gonna talk about being thankful in our personal life. Next Sunday, it's thankful in our family life. The next Sunday, is thankful in our church life. The next Sunday, is thankful in our career. And the final Sunday, it's thankfulness in our community. This first week, I'm gonna challenge you to just be thankful for your personal life, your life, your life alone. I'm talking you, focus just on you. Well, that's kind of selfish. I'll get to that point in a minute, okay? I want you to focus on you this week. Next week is your family. So you're gonna go overly abundantly above and beyond be thankful. For your wife, your kids, your husband, if you're a female, and, and everything else in your life, be crazy thankful. The next Sunday, it's you're thankful for your church and your church family, okay? The next Sunday, it's thankful for your careers and everything that God's blessed you with your job, even if you don't like your current job. We'll address all those issues that Sunday. And then the final Sunday, it's going to be Community Thankfulness Sunday. And that Sunday, if you're a Dave Ramsey in Financial Peace University class with us, you're on a budget, so I'm telling you five Sundays in advance. You can budget it into your budget, okay? Put it in an envelope. Put it aside now. Sunday, November 24th, I'm going to challenge everybody after church to go out to eat at four specific restaurants. So here's what I'm going to challenge you on. That Sunday, we're all going to pack out four restaurants. And when we all pack out four restaurants, you're going to be thankful while you wait. You're going to be thankful while you order. You're going to be thankful while you wait for your food. And because there's 100 more people beside you, besides all the other churches, I'll let out early that Sunday so we can get there first. You notice how I said that, like the disclaimers at the end of commercials, like, we'll let out real quick, I saw this, you can get there first, and so you can't really hear it, but, and so you're gonna be thankful while you wait for your food, you're gonna be thankful when they mess up your order, not thankful that they messed it up, but thankful while your order got messed up, because there's a ton of more people in there, they're gonna be slammed, you're gonna be thankful when you pay for your food, and I'm gonna ask you to go abundantly above and beyond, and I'm gonna ask you to be doubly generous When you tip, we're going to change the perspective on Sunday mornings in one month. We're going to be the most thankful church for 31 days. We're going to be the most praise-giving church for 31 days. We're going to be the most honoring church for 31 days. We're going to bless the families, the careers, the, the people in our lives for 31 days. That Sunday, when your waiter or waitress comes to you, it's going to be kind of unfair because the person who is going to get the best service is not you, but the person who they're going to wait on right after you. Because if your bill at a restaurant is $30 and the minimum you should tip is 15%, correct? So if you should tip a minimum of 15% on $30, well, 10% of 30 is $3. So you add $1.50 to that. So that's another 5%. So your tip should have been $4.50. Well, if that's the minimum you should tip, I'm going to ask that you double it. And some of you who have the ability, I'm going to ask that you just give an exponentially blessing of a tip to your waiter or waitress. If they deserved nothing because they did horrible, we deserve nothing because we were horrible and yet Christ died for us. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to change the dynamic of Sunday morning. And here's what I want you to do. I want you to tell them, we're taking the TWBC 31 Day Challenge and we're gonna show our thankfulness to you and I want you to give them, if you're supposed to give them a $4.50 tip and you're gonna give them a $9 tip, Give them a $10 tip. And they're going to be like, I got 10 bucks from these people who, I don't know what's going on. Change the culture where you live. And that's what I want us to do. So you've got, you've got till November 24th, okay, you got 27 days roughly to save up money for going out to eat at a restaurant that particular Sunday. So here's what I want to challenge you to do. I'm going to ask you to take this challenge, and I'm going to ask you to make the commitment to do it. So here's what I want to ask you to do. I'm going to ask you to take the TWBC 31-day challenge and be thankful. Let's be the most thankful church for 31 days. Now, as we begin the series this morning, being thankful, the most thankful church for the next 31 days, I'm going to start out like this. In the series T31, we're going to have to have a complete attitude change. There must be a complete attitude change because your attitude affects your outlook. Your outlook affects your thought process. Your thought processes develop mindsets, and mindsets develop strongholds, which most of the time are ungodly. I'm gonna say it again so you can write it down, take notes, get the CD. Attitude affects outlook. Outlook affects thought processes. Thought processes develop mindsets, and mindsets develop strongholds, and most strongholds are ungodly. So if we're going to change the stronghold of all church people after Sunday morning church, they are the worst customers in the world, and here's how much I'm gonna hit on this topic. Next Sunday, I'm gonna have a waitress or a waiter up here to tell you just how bad church people are. Oh, I got one right here. I got a couple right here. <laughs> I've got church members saying, I will tell the church how I feel on Sunday morning. Come on now, baby. Let's get this topic right. Come on now. That's what I love to hear. We're going to have to have an attitude change because your attitude affects your outlook. You know, some of you had a bad attitude when you came into church this morning because you woke up and you were tired from yesterday, so your attitude was bad, and then you opened the door. So even though it was a little drizzly, it's still a beautiful day outside. Your outlook is like, oh, my gosh, it's just raining. We should have just stayed in bed. So your outlook affects your thought processes. Your thought processes affect your mindsets. And your mindsets develop strongholds, which most strongholds are ungodly. Now, listen to what the Bible says about your strongholds. It says this in 2 Corinthians ten four. It says, "For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but they are divine and have divine power to destroy strongholds. We destroy arguments and every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God, and we take every thought captive to the command and obedience of the Lord Jesus Christ." In your thirty one days of thankfulness, you are going to have some moments when you are not the happiest. Here's your answer. Lord Jesus, I just give you this thought about this person because you know how I'm thinking about it and what I want to do to them at the moment with my hands around their neck. Oh, Lord Jesus, just help them. Okay, maybe you don't go that far. <laughs> so we've got to start taking these thoughts captive to the Lord Jesus Christ. If we're going to complete this challenge and be the most thankful church, thankful people for 31 days, there's a lot of thoughts we're going to have to take to the Lord Jesus Christ. Am I right? Say Amen. And so if we're going to have to take a lot of thoughts captive to the command and obedience of Jesus Christ and say, Jesus handle this, when we do that, it keeps us from developing bad outlooks, which develop bad mindsets, which develop strongholds. When strongholds set in in your life, everything becomes bad. Have you ever had a person who you had a root of bitterness against or you were just mad at, they could do absolutely nothing right, even though what they did was absolutely right. It was because of the person that you had a vendetta against. That's called a stronghold. We need to get rid of those and bring them before God. God, if we're going to accomplish the 31 days of being thankful on this 31 day challenge. Now, as we go through our personal life this week, family next week, the church the next week, the careers the next week, and the community the next week, we're going to have to accomplish some great and mighty things. Title of this morning's message, because we're dealing with our personal life, is this it's called Oxygen Mask, is the title of this morning's message. Have you ever been on an airplane? Say, oh yeah. yeah. If you fly frequently on an airplane, You'll get to know this speech real good, and it gets to be the most annoying speech in the world, but they have to do it. It's FAA regulations. You'll get to the part of the speech, please have your seatbelts buckled, remain in your seats for the duration of the flight, even though it's not turbulent weather, whatever, yada, 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 yada. And then you're looking through the Skywall magazine and they're just going. Well, they get to this point. They say if turbulence occurs and it's like basically to a great extent, an oxygen mask will fall from the ceiling. When it falls from the ceiling, take the mask and place it on yourself first, then help your small children or the people around you. Now, here's the kicker on that. They say place it on yourself first and then place it on the ones around you. Well, we as Christians, we always get to think of, well, if we got to do everything for everybody else first and put me last. We're even taught that joy, Jesus first, others second, yourself last. Well, I understand the principle. Of that, but there is a very biblical statement that Jesus said, it's mentioned seven times in the New Testament, word for word, that says this you are to love your neighbor as you love yourself. Now, the problem we run into in America today is we really are loving the world as we love ourselves. The problem is we haven't loved ourselves properly, so we don't know how to love other people properly. We haven't given ourselves the time we've needed to be right with God, and so therefore the time we're giving to other people is tainted as well. We haven't been patient with our So, we're not going to be patient with other people. We haven't been loving to ourselves and graceful to ourselves, so we're definitely not going to be that to other people. We haven't been good to ourselves, so we're definitely not going to be that to other people. If Jesus said it, don't argue with me, argue with Him about it if you think I'm wrong. (laughs) He said, love your neighbor as you love yourself. The problem is, just like the oxygen mask that we have to put on, until we take care of ourselves and get proper oxygen to ourselves, we will not be able to or have the capabilities to help someone else. If my life is a wreck all week long because I'm pouring into everybody else's life and I don't stop and take the time to get my heart and my mind and everything right for a Sunday morning message, I will deliver you a bunch of junk. And you're going to leave here saying, what was wrong with him? And you're saying, wow, something's off today or something just isn't right. In your life, I need you to understand this concept. This is why the first week of thankfulness is going to be for you personally. Now, some of you guys, you're going to get into the same quandary that I got into trying to do this just for a day. I begin to say, God, thank you so much for everything you've put in my life. Thank you for my wife. And God said, nope but she's in my life, she's family, she's not you. Well, the two have become one flesh, this is my argument with God. Well, the two have become one flesh, I know, but you're still an individual, he said. And he said, Joel, you've gotta understand until you begin to realize what I've done just for you and you alone, you're never gonna be able to love her properly, your kids properly, your church properly, your career properly, and your community properly. So I had to go all the way back, and the first thing that I could think of is, God, thank you for this. Thank you for sending Jesus Christ, not for everybody else, not for the world, but just for me. Thank you for sending him just for me. I know that I was a sinner in need of a Savior. I know for a fact that I was not walking in the power of God the way I should. I know for a fact that I had sinned and fallen short of your glory, and I thank you for Jesus Christ coming just for me. And I just began to thank him for my salvation. Some of you are not excited about baptisms every week and new salvations because you hadn't been thanking God for your personal salvation. And, you know, I began to thank God for my personal salvation. I did it for like an hour. And I got so excited about my personal salvation again. And y'all know when it is, June twenty second, 1988, Lake Tanselma Church Camp. And I can replay it all in my head just like it happened yesterday. And I got excited again, man. And then I started saying, God, thank you for the Holy Spirit being active and operational in my life. Thank you for the power of God that you gave me on the day of Pentecost that's available to me so I can walk in your power, your might, and your strength. And you know, when I just began to thank God for me and what's inside of me and the fruit of the Spirit that's bubbling forth in me and the gifts and callings of God in me, you know what? It got me kind of excited about my life again. And not about giving into everybody else's life, but about what God's doing in me. So this week, whenever it leads you to your career, say, nope. Lead you to your spouse, say no. Lead you to your kids, say no, because spouses and kids are next week. We're gonna have ample time to thank God for our family and your aunties and your uncles and your grandmamas and all them. And you're gonna say, God, thank you for this house you've given me. No, not yet. I want you to get deeply personal with you. When you start getting deeply personal with you, some of you are gonna find that God's done a lot more for you than you ever thought he did. When you start getting deeply personal with you, some of you are gonna find that you need to tap back into that grace that forgives all sins and you have to say oh god thank you so much for the blood of jesus that washes white as snow thank you so much for what you did for me because you're going to realize by getting into your personal life you're going to start dealing with you quite a bit and some of you your biggest defense mechanism is you deal with everybody else's problems so you don't have to deal with you that's good stuff y'all i want you to deal with you if you deal with you god doesn't have to paul said he says if you judge yourself you don't have to come under the judgment of god if you go before God and praise him for all the good things he's done, start repenting for all the bad things he's done, thank him for his faithfulness of being God, when you start dealing with you, God doesn't have to. In this series, this week, I need you to be personally thankful for everything going on in your personal life. And now I want to go back to our key verse of Scripture, and it says, give thanks in all circumstances. And we emphasize this one word, and it was the word in, not F-O-R, not for. It says give thanks in all circumstances. It does not say give thanks for all circumstances. You can give thanks in a circumstance without being thankful for the circumstance. Here's the problem we run into as a church, that remember now this thankfulness is about a mindset and a perspective change. Many Christians give thanks for the circumstance rather than thanking God in a circumstance. I've heard people say this, oh God I'm just so thankful that this trial is in my life because I'm learning so much about you. Thank you for this trial. There's better ways to learn. How many of y'all have always learned through the school of hard knocks? (laughs) There's a better way to learn. (laughs) We need to be thankful no matter what we're going through, not necessarily for what we're going through. We need to be thankful in everything not necessarily for everything. Just because you learn through a hard time does not mean that was God's perfect will and perfect way for you to learn. It means you weren't learning any other way. And so the error of your ways got you into a circumstance that now you learned something and you got closer to God in it. So now you think, oh, I'm thankful for this. Yeah, I understand the the concept, but you didn't have to go through this to learn this. Correct? Now listen to this. And it says, thanking him through it is this. It, is, it focuses on his goodness in spite of the circumstances. Thanking him through it focuses on his goodness in spite of the circumstances. Thanking him for it focuses on the circumstances and spites his goodness. Did, did you catch that? Some of y'all are like, wow, that's a little deeper than I was ready for on this morning. Here it goes again. Thanking him through it focuses on his goodness in spite of the circumstances. Thanking him for it focuses on, his cir- on the circumstances and spites goodness. When we thank him through it, it focuses on the goodness of God, who he is, no matter how the world looks around us. I will not be moved by what I feel or what I see or the things that are going on because God is stable, steadfast, omniscient, omnipresent. He is God. So God, I'm going to thank you in the midst of the storm around me. That's thanking him through it. Thanking him for it is God, thank you for the storm around me, but it spites his goodness and what Christ did for us, okay? So we need to turn our head up and thank him For his goodness through it, not thank him for the circumstances and spite his goodness because of it. David said this, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. He did not say, God, thank you for the valley of the shadow of death. Can I get an amen on that? All you Old Testament people, you can't even argue with that. I mean, some of y'all are like, well, what about the valley of the shadow of death? David never thanked God once for the valley of the shadow of death. He said, I'm thankful that I went through the valley of the shadow of death. For he was with me. His rod and his staff, they comforted me. Now he said this, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. He didn't thank him for the enemies. He thanked him for the table in the presence of his enemies. What is David focusing on? He's focused on the goodness of God thanking him through it, not for it. We've got to get this concept right. If we're, going to have, if we're going to endure 31 days of thankfulness, and listen, when you said, I'm going to take this challenge, it's going to be so fun, you're going to have every reason to be unthankful the next 31 days. <laughs> Can I get an amen? I mean, you're going, to, you're, going to have, you're going to have all kinds of stuff going on in your life, and you have every reason not to be thankful. Now, listen, I don't thank God ever for a busy schedule. I thank God for his goodness, amen, through the times of busyness. And sometimes I'm very well-rewinded of that, amen. I need to become thankful no matter how chaotic things get. I don't thank him for the chaos because a lot of the chaos depends on me and how I schedule. God, I, I went before God one day. and said, God, my schedule is so crazy. He said, you made it. Uh, was he wrong? Absolutely not. Was I wrong? No, I was right. I did make it. So I just had to make it different. See, my perspective had to change. So I need you to get this concept. I want you to thank God through everything. Some of y'all are going through a tough financial time. Don't thank him for the messed up finances in your life because you're learning something. No, thank him because he's goodness and he's gonna supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. And through this, I'm gonna be a good steward because I'm taking Financial Peace University, The Blessed Life, Guardrails, Victory and Spiritual Warfare, one of the discipleship groups at TWBC. I'm gonna make it through this because of his goodness and I'm gonna thank him for his goodness no matter what everything looks like down here. Have you ever seen the people who are dying on a hospital bed And you go up there and you just got, oh, oh, poor baby, I am so sorry. And they just start praising God. Oh, God is so good. He has been so faithful to me in my life. I am so grateful that God has given me the opportunity. And they completely minister to you rather than you ministering to them. I want you to be that person this week. I want you to be the minister this week. Not because you're looking for an opportunity to minister, but because you're so thankful People are gonna come up to you and see everything going on in your life and say, oh my goodness, how do you get through it? Man, God is so good. He is faithful. His love endures forever. His mercies are new every morning. So I need you to understand, I need you to be thankful through everything, not necessarily for everything that takes place in your life. If you learn something through something or because of something, good, I'm glad. But I realized in my life a long time ago that the Bible says this. He has sent the Holy Spirit to teach us, lead us, and guide us In all truth, the Bible says. He never says circumstances are your teacher. The Bible never says that. So I want you to understand that the Holy Spirit will even teach you in the midst of a circumstance. But the optimal way to learn is through thankfulness and thanking him through everything and not necessarily for everything. The next thing I want you to challenge you to do this week in thanking him is thanking for past victories in your life. How many of you, if I said right now, can somebody tell me a victory that God has brought to your life in the past year? I mean, we got people say, yes, I could th- God has done so much good stuff. Some of y'all are having to think a little bit, saying, well, I, I, I'm sure I can think of one. I need you to start remembering past victories in your life. Start remembering past times when maybe you were at the worst financial place in your life, and now you're not, and you don't necessarily know of the day that everything broke and you came through, and it's not like you got a million-dollar check in the mail, but now you're at a better place than you were then and you're not going through the struggles you were then, it wasn't just, boom, automatic miraculous, but you're at a better place now than you were then, well, there's a past victory in your life. Some of you guys have been through some crazy illnesses and sicknesses and surgeries and things like that. Start thanking him for past victories. Why? Because this is what the Bible says in Joshua. Joshua chapter four, verse number seven, and I want to challenge you to read verses one through seven. It says this, when it passed over the Jordan, talking about the Ark of the Covenant, when the Ark of the Covenant passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel as a memorial forever. Now what it's talking about is when the Israelites were were on this side about to cross the River Jordan into the promised land of God, they had to do something. As they were walking through the river, God said this, I want you to pick up a stone out of the base of the river. Choose 12 people to do it, one from each tribe. Pick up a stone out of the base of the river. And I want you to carry it out of the river onto the side where you're called to be. So they grabbed this stone, picked it up out of the river. Not a pumpkin, a stone. (laughs) Out of the river. And when they got on dry land, all 12 of them were supposed to put this stone right here. And they were going to build a memorial For the people of Israel, why? So anytime anybody came to the river, they would see these 12 stones and somebody would ask the question, what's that there for? And they could tell the past victories of what God had done in their life. I challenge people all the time and I will confess, I don't do it and I should. You should keep a notebook of major victories God has done in your life. So when you are in a time of faithlessness, faithlessness, When you are in a time when you don't think things are ever going to break free or break loose. You can start looking back at your notebook of victories. Your times of success. We have photo albums of the church. From way back in the days at the hotel. Where we were picking up ceiling tiles off the floor. And whenever things uh, about the vision of the church. And if I start doubting them. If I start struggling. If I start saying, oh God, I don't know how it's going to happen. I just flip through a notebook. And everything didn't happen overnight but I can remember when we just started out with that and now we have this. I can remember when we didn't even have that and we just had a a CD player. And I I said this a few months back ago, the, the first three years of our expenses as a church does not cover one month's worth of operating expenses now. And I began to look through those photo albums about page after page of victory after victory. And I see the photos where we had a train of cars coming across interstate 30 and coming down 2560 and coming down in front of our church and pulling into a rock driveway. It wasn't even paved, a rock driveway that didn't have the upstairs finished, didn't have anything upstairs, barely didn't even have a stage built, barely had the walls up on the inside that you see now. And I just started looking through victory after victory after victory after victory. And I realized if God has brought us here and brought us through this and got us to this point he's not leaving me as we keep pressing on and going to this point to victory to victory to victory to victory in every area of our life i need you to start remembering past victories start building god a memorial that says god i remember when i remember when I remember when. I remember when my marriage was about to fail and God came in. I remember when my kid was about to go off somewhere and do something crazy and God came in. I remember, and I'll never forget this story, my mom was woke up in the middle of the night one night to pray for my brother uh, Brian who lives in Virginia as he was in the Marines in Iraq in their airplane. She didn't know it was about to crash because they were in a major storm. And God woke her up and she instantaneously began to start praying for him. And she prayed for him and, and he was praying over there. And it ended up, the plane ended up landing safe and the pilot says, I don't know how we even got to the ground safely but praise God we're here and it's because victories that take place you may not even know what's going on but past victories will start inspiring you to go ahead in your life and so I'm going to challenge you to thank him in everything in your life I'm thanking him not just for things in my personal life and things in my past But here's where I'm thanking him by faith. I'm thanking him for things in my future. And not that they're about to happen, because I'm going to set you up with this verse of Scripture, and this is what it says in in Romans chapter number 4, verse 17. It says, God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did exist. I'm going to start asking you. Some of you are asking God for a healing in your life. Once you've asked once, I'm going to ask you to change your prayer. Some of you are asking God for financial breakthrough. Once you've asked once, I'm going to ask you to change your prayer. Some of you are asking God for a victory in your kid's life. Once you've asked once, I'm going to ch- ask you to change your prayer. Once, some of you are asking God for healing in your marriage. Once you've asked once, I'm going to ask you to change your prayer. It says, the God who gives life to the dead and calls those things that do not exist as though they did exist Some of we, we are so in the habit of a church, God, I'm so thankful for what you're about to do. No, I'm asking you to change it. God, I'm so thankful that you've already done it according to your word. Now, I'm going to ask you to get in the spirit of faith and scripture on this because some of you are going to leave here saying, oh, I'm just thankful. I got a million dollars. I got a million. That's not what I'm talking about. And I'm not talking about that junk that goes on like that. I am talking about this. The God who said, I will supply every one of your needs according to my riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Those of you who are financially struggling, I'm going to ask you to start thanking him like it's already done. Thank you, God, that you have met every one of my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Not he's about to. Thank you that you have already done it because you said you've already done it. Okay? You better watch out because you're about to get in on the spirit of faith. And the Bible says faith pleases God. And when you start saying it, you're doing the work. And faith taps into grace. Grace is everything God has already done for you. And everything God has already done for you is completed on the cross of Calvary. So everything God has already done for you, you're tapping into it by faith to make the things of heaven manifest here on this earth. Now, now some of y'all are fixing to get your life changed. Because you kept asking and asking and asking and begging and begging and begging because that's what you've been taught. No, th- th- this is what I want to teach you this morning. Once you've asked once and you've asked in faith, I want you to start thanking him by faith for things that do not exist yet as, as they already existed. Your, your husband still may be a raggedy old hound dog running around all the time. And you, he, you don't even see him changing. Thank him like he's already changed. Start thanking God. He's a changed man. I praise you for it. He walks in the power of God. Thank you, Jesus. But when he starts walking in the power of God, you better be willing to submit as a godly woman. Come on now. Husband's the same thing. God, I'm just praying for a godly wife. I thank you that she's born again. I thank you that she's healed. I thank you for all this. Now when she gets this way and gets on fire for Jesus and starts running to the church, every time we have a service, you can't complain. Now, now here's the problem. Women get on fire for God. They want to come to services three times a week. You men are used to coming on Sunday morning. You applied a little bit of faith because the head of your household, she gets her life transformed, and now you don't want to complete it with her. Come now, come on. And, and here we go. Lord, thank you for supplying all my needs according to your riches and glory in Christ Jesus. God doesn't just bless you financially, but blesses you abundantly above and beyond anything you could ever ask or imagine, and then you quit coming to church because oh, you don't need God no more. Uh, this, these are real scenarios. See, I'm telling you, when you tap into the spirit of faith, you need to be ready for, to, to go with what comes along with faith. It doesn't mean you get to lax. It means you need to press in more. Because God doesn't want to change your life just for your sake. It's called to be a testimony to everybody else's life. And so if God can do it for one family at TWBC, he can do it for another So I'm going to ask you to start thanking him in all the things that are going on in your life. Good, bad, ugly, otherwise, happy, sad, joyful, tearful, whatever. Thank him in it. Thank him for who he is. God Almighty, God of all mankind. There's nothing too hard for him. The God of the impossible. All these things that the Bible says God is, start thanking him in it no matter how it looks here. Start thanking him for past victories. The things that have gone on in your life where God came through and you can say God was faithful. He did it. Start thanking him.